Section 23 of the Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 6, by various authors. Section 23, selected excerpts from A Fragment on Mummies, A Letter to a Friend, and Pseudoxia Epidemica, by Sir Thomas Brown. From a fragment on mummies. Why is Egypt, prodigal of her embalments, wrapped up her princes and great commanders in aromatical folds, and studiously extracting from corruptible bodies their corruption, ambitiously look forward to immortality, from which vainglory we have become acquainted with many remnants of the old world, who could discourse some to us of the great things of yore and tell us strange tales of the son of Mizraim and ancient braveries of Egypt. Wonderful indeed are the preserves of time, which open unto us mummies from crypts and pyramids, and mammoth bones from caverns and excavations, whereof man hath found the best preservation appearing unto us in some sort fleshly, by beasts must be fain of an osseous continuance in what original this practice of the egyptians had root divers authors dispute while some place the origin hereof in the desire to prevent the separation of the soul by keeping the body untabified and alluring the spiritual part to remain by sweet and precious odours but all this was but a fond inconsideration the soul having broken its reader's note ellipsis is not stayed by bands and cerecloths nor to be recalled by sabean odours but fleeth to the place of the invisibles the ubi of spirits and needeth a surer than hermes seal to imprison it to its medicated trunk which yet subsists anomalously in its indestructible case like a widow looking for her husband anxiously awaits its return readers note ellipsis that mummy is medicinal the arabian doctor hali delivereth and divers confirms but of the particular uses thereof there is much discrepancy of opinion while hoffmannus prescribes the same to epileptics johann de Meralto commends the use thereof to gouty persons Bacon likewise extols it as a styptic, and Junkenius considers it of efficacy to resolve a coagulated blood. Meanwhile, we hardly applaud Francis I of France, who always carried mummies with him as a panacea against all disorders, and were the efficacy thereof more clearly made out, scarce conceived the use thereof allowable in physic, exceeding the barbarities of Cambyses, and turning old heroes into unworthy potions. Shall Egypt lend out her ancients unto chirurgeons and apothecaries, and Chaos and Semiticus be weighed unto us for drugs? Shall we eat of chamneys and amosis in electuaries and pills, and be cured by cannibal mixtures? Surely such a diet is dismal vampirism, and exceeds in horror the black banquet of Domitian not to be paralleled except in those arabian feasts wherein ghouls feed horribly but 
the common opinion of the virtues of mummy bred great consumption thereof and princes and great men contended for this strange panacea wherein jews dealt largely manufacturing mummies from dead carcasses and giving them the names of kings while specifics were compounded from crosses and gibbet leavings they wanted not a set of arabians who counterfeited mummies so accurately that it needed great skill to distinguish the false from the true queasy stomachs would hardly fancy the doubtful potion wherein one might so easily swallow a cloud for his juno and defraud the fowls of the air while in conceit enjoying the concerts of canopus those dark caves and mummy repositories are satan's abodes wherein he speculates and rejoices on human vainglory and keeps those kings and conquerors whom alive he bewitched whole for that great day wherein he will claim his own and marshal the kings of nihilus and thebes in sad procession unto the pit death that fatal necessity which so many would overlook or blinkingly survey the old egyptians held continually before their eyes their embalmed ancestors they carried about at their banquets as holding them still a part of their families and not thrusting them from their places at feasts they wanted not likewise a sad preacher at their tables to admonish them daily of death surely an unnecessary discourse while they banqueted in sepulchres whether this were not making too much of death as tending to assuefaction some reason there is to doubt but certain it is that such practices would hardly be embraced by our modern gourmand who like not to look on the faces of mortua or be elbowed by mummies yet in those huge structures and pyramidal immensities of the builders whereof so little is known they seemed not so much to raise sepulchres or temples to death as to contemn and disdain it astonishing heaven with their audacities and looking forward with delight to their interment in those eternal piles of their living habitations they made little account conceiving of them but as aspedia or inns while they adorned the sepulchres of the dead and planting thereon lasting bases defied the crumbling torches of time and the misty vaporousness of oblivion yet all were but babel vanities time sadly overcometh all things and is now dominant and sitteth upon a sphinx and looketh unto memphis and old thebes while his sister oblivion reclineth semi-somnus on a pyramid gloriously triumphing making puzzles of titanian erections and turning old glories into dreams history sinketh beneath her cloud the traveller as he paceth amazedly through those deserts asketh of her who builded them and she mumbleth something but what it is he heareth not egypt itself is now become the land of obliviousness and doteth 
her ancient civility is gone and her glory hath vanished as a phantasma her youthful days are over and her face hath become wrinkled and tetric she poureth not upon the heavens astronomy is dead unto her and knowledge maketh other cycles canopus is afar off memnon resoundeth not to the sun and nihilus heareth strange voices her monuments are but hieroglyphically sempiternal osiris and anubis her avaruncus deities have departed while Horus yet remains dimly shadowing the principle of vicissitude and the affluxion of things, but receiveth little oblation. Reader's note. According to Wikipedia, the Dictionary of National Biography and various scholarly online sources, the extract just read, the fragment on mummies, is not by Thomas Brown, but is a highly successful literary hoax perpetrated in 1838 by James Crossley. End of reader's note. From a letter to a friend. He was willing to quit the world alone and altogether, leaving no earnest behind him for corruption or aftergrave, having small content in that common satisfaction to survive or live in another, but amply satisfied that his disease should die with himself, nor revive in a posterity to puzzle physic and make sad mementos of their parent hereditary. Ellipsis. In this deliberate and creeping progress unto the grave, he was somewhat too young and of too noble a mind to fall upon that stupid symptom, observable in diverse persons near their journey's end, and which may be reckoned among the mortal symptoms of their last disease that is to become more narrow-minded miserable and tenacious unready to part with anything when they are ready to part with all and afraid to want when they have no time to spend meanwhile physicians who know that many are mad but in a single depraved imagination and one prevalent decipiency and that beside and out of each single deliriums a man may meet with sober actions and good sense in bedlam cannot but smile to see the heirs and concerned relations congratulating themselves on the sober departure of their friends and though they behold such mad covetous passages content to think they die in good understanding and in their sober senses avarice which is not only infidelity but idolatry either from covetous progeny or questory education had no root in his breast who made good works the expression of his faith and was big with desires unto public and lasting charities and surely where good wishes and charitable intentions exceed abilities the oracle beneficency may be more than a dream they build not castles in the air who would build churches on earth, and though they leave no such structures here, may lay good foundations in heaven. In brief, his life and death were such as I could not blame them who wished the like, and almost to have been himself. Almost, I say, 
for though we may wish the prosperous appurtenances of others or to be another in his happy accidents yet so intrinsical is every man unto himself that some doubt may be made whether any would exchange his being or substantially become another man he had wisely seen the world at home and abroad and thereby observed under what variety men are deluded in the pursuit of that which is not here to be found and although he had no opinion of reputed felicities below and apprehended men widely out in the estimate of such happiness yet his sober contempt of the world brought no democratism or cynicism no laughing or snarling at it as well understanding there are not felicities in this world to satisfy a serious mind and therefore to soften the stream of our lives we are fain to take in the reputed contentions of this world to unite with the crowd in their beatitudes and to make ourselves happy by consortion opinion or co-existimation for strictly to separate from received and customary felicities and to confine under the rigour of realities were to contract the consolation of our beings into two uncomfortable circumscriptions not to be content with life is the unsatisfactory state of those who destroy themselves who being afraid to live run blindly upon their own death which no man fears by experience and the stoics had a notable doctrine to take away the fear thereof that is in such extremities to desire that which is not to be avoided and wish what might be feared and so made evils voluntary and to suit their own desires which took off the terror of them but ancient martyrs were not encouraged by such fallacies who though they feared not death were afraid to be their own executioners and therefore thought it more wisdom to crucify their lusts than their bodies to circumcise than stab their hearts and to mortify than kill themselves his willingness to leave this world about that age when most men think they may best enjoy it though paradoxical unto worldly years was not strange unto mine who have so often observed that many though old oft stick fast unto the world and seem to be drawn like carcasses oxen backward with great struggling and reluctancy unto the grave the long habit of living makes mere men more hardly to part with life and all to be nothing but what is to come to live at the rate of the old world when some could scarce remember themselves young may afford no better digested death than a more moderate period many would have thought it an happiness to have had their lot in life in some notable conjuncture of ages past but the uncertainty of future times has tempted few to make a part in ages to come and surely he that hath taken the true altitude of things and rightly calculated the degenerate state of this age is not likely to envy those that shall live in the next much less three or four hundred years hence when no man can comfortably imagine what face this world will carry 
and therefore since every age makes a step into the end of all things and the scripture affords so hard a character of the last times quiet minds will be content with their generations and rather bless ages past than be ambitious of those to come though age had set no seal upon his face yet a dim eye might clearly discover fifty in his actions and therefore since wisdom is the grey hair and an unspotted life old age although his years came short he might have been said to have held up with longer livers and to have been solomon's old man and surely if we deduct all those days of our life which we might wish unlived and which abate the comfort of those we now live if we reckon up only those days which god hath accepted of our lives a life of good years will hardly be a span long the son in this sense may outlive the father and none be climacterically old he that early arriveth unto the parts and prudence of age is happily old without the uncomfortable attendance of it and tis superfluous to live unto grey hairs when in a precocious temper we anticipate the virtues of them in brief he cannot be accounted young who outliveth the old man he that hath early arrived under the measure of a perfect stature in christ hath already fulfilled the prime and longest intention of his being and one day lived after the perfect rule of piety is to be preferred before sinning immortality although he attained not unto the years of his predecessors yet he wanted not those preserving virtues which confirm the thread of weaker constitutions cautelous chastity and crafty sobriety were far from him those jewels were paragon without flaw hair ice or cloud in him which affords me a hint to proceed in these good wishes and few mementos unto you some relations whose truth we fear from pseudoxia epidemica many other accounts like these we meet sometimes in history scandalous unto christianity and even unto humanity whose verities not only but whose relations honest minds do deprecate for as sins heteroclital and such as want either name or precedent there is oft times a sin even in their histories we desire no records of such enormities sins should be accounted new so that they may be esteemed monstrous they admit of monstrosity as they fall from their rarity for men count it venial to err with their forefathers and foolishly conceive they divide a sin in its society the pens of men may sufficiently expatiate without these singularities of villainy for as they increase the hatred of vice in some so do they enlarge the theory of wickedness in all this is one thing that may make latter ages worse than were the former for the vicious examples of ages past poison the curiosity of these present 
affording a hint of sin unto seducible spirits and soliciting those unto the imitation of them whose heads were never so perversely principled as to invent them in this kind we commend the wisdom and goodness of galen who would not leave unto the world too subtle a theory of poisons unarming thereby the malice of venomous spirits whose ignorance must be contented with sublimate and arsenic for surely there are subtler venerations such as will invisibly destroy and like the basilisks of heaven in things of this nature silence commendeth history it is the veniable part of things lost wherein there must never rise a pancerolus nor remain any register but that of hell end of section twenty three